0: Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and how of quality training. And I know y'all liked that intro. It fit my mood today, that nice, smooth beat. Um, make sure you stay tuned for the end of the show. I'm going to put the whole clip on there. It's maybe like 12 or 15 seconds so you can listen to the full beat. Ooh, it's a nice vibe. Hey, I hope y'all are feeling well. It's summertime. What was that song? Summer, summertime. Time to sit back and unwind. I know I don't... It from the Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff song, Summertime. I know I don't sound like not that woman, but, you know, that's how I feel today. Um, it is, you know, school's out, and we're having a good time. So we're going to talk today about being able to handle... Multiple training sessions in a day. I I wrote an email out, so we're going to do a couple little plugs to start this show, okay? This podcast is sponsored by the one and only Global Human Performance. So, make sure you check us out. A lot of you listening to this probably already do, but, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this show with a friend, and... You know, go check out the website, www.ghperformance.com, at coach underscore Donald, at training underscore well underscore done on the gram. Anyways, let's get into the show. So, Wednesday, Wednesday I ran, I did two workouts. Now, obviously, over the course of, you know, my life and even in recent times, I've consistently done two and three workouts in a day. But Wednesday... I play on an Ultimate Frisbee team called the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds, and we have practice on Wednesday nights. It used to be Thursday, but it changed to Wednesday. I had to get my life together to make that happen. But um, Wednesday night, we have practice. And Wednesday morning, I coach our trackside program. And we have a few interns on, uh, on our team. And so I've been giving them opportunities to coach and like lead the not only just lead the prep and the drills... But to also lead the meat of the workout so they can get, you know, experience leading teams, which gives me the opportunity to work out. And as the business owner, there's a different perspective I can get when I join the workouts versus coaching them or even observing them. I can feel what our members and athletes feel Versus being able to just look or ask them, you know. So this Wednesday, we had 200s for uh, most of the kids. And, you know, running 10 is a bit intimidating. If you're not jogging them, right, if you're sprinting them, they are intimidating. And I remember horror stories from college of running 8-200s, 10-200s, 6-200s. I remember when I was particularly out of shape for like, you know, high performance running six, eight, 10, 200s. So, you know, right before the pandemic hit, me and one of my old, one of my teammates, we would run these 200s. They were like three or three, four minute rests, but they were like 28 to 30 second 200s, which for me at that time was hard because of my current fitness at that time. Like I remember the last workout we did June, 2020, I almost blacked out and i have never had that experience before i've only thrown up twice from working out one was a few years ago i did some hill sprints on an empty stomach uh, in front of my old house and yeah i threw up and then i think no maybe i only did it once i feel like there was a time recently i did maybe it did that didn't happen i mean i might be making that up but this particular time i was i didn't eat much that day and i was kind of dehydrated it was the evening and we finished the eighth-month, and your boy was seeing stars. <laughs> and we finished, and my stuff was at the other end of the 100-meter part of the track. It, I'm not kidding, y'all. It took me three to five minutes to walk back over there. Because I, I, after I sat for, like, 10 minutes, because I was just in a daze, and I walked back, and, like, I had to stop about four times, four or five times to cover that 100 meters back to my bench. I'm like, what? Water. I finished all my water, and I was like, "Sam Van, I need water, water." <laughs> it was a bad day, but that was actually one of my better workouts <laughs> against him. Anyways, so that was my last memory of running like hard two hundreds. Right, I've run two hundred workouts recently, but they weren't nearly as fast. So Wednesday, I go and run with the high school kids, and and some middle, some basically our kids, high school, and middle school kids for our track side program, and. I was nervous, like, and Coach Adam, one of our interns, he plays on the same team with me. And I was a little nervous to him, like, man, we got practice tonight. I don't want to be dead legs. I hadn't ran a whole lot the last, you know, few, several days leading up to that. So I was a little nervous. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. Monday, a few of the kids were giving me crap about Coach Don, you're going to run these 200, you're going to run these 200, da 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 da. So, which speaking of, the one kid who was the hit honcho and all that, I called him out on Friday. You know, he didn't even come on Wednesday. I was, I I, I tried to FaceTime. He ain't answered my FaceTime. He's probably not listening to this podcast. But um, for those of you who are, who were there on Wednesday, know who was giving me the rah-rah. Make sure you know that I shouted him out. Well, not by name, but anyways. So I go run these 200s. And, you know, actually I was fine. And then I went to practice that night, and I was fine. Um, my legs were fine at least and actually matter of fact i think it helped my legs because i hate doing strenuous running bouts if i did not run the day before or at least a day two days before that there's something about running really fast that's very fatiguing and hard if i did not run the day before or at least two days before that so at any rate i was able to do that now shout out to uh, a left jack in austin because they were smoking me <laughs> every single rep. I think I got left for a few reps. I was getting killed. But I guess this is a podcast episode for another time. Teaching these teenagers that when we're doing uh, low intensity, lower intensity 70% runs, that it's way slower than they think it is. Not like slow, slow, but if we're going to go on two minutes of rest for 10, 200, you're actually not supposed to be dying. They were running too fast. But that's a whole other story. We're going to talk today about how to handle that, because for me, you know, running 10-200s and then going to a two-hour Ultimate Frisbee practice, I was like, fine. I was a little bit sore on Thursday, but I was generally okay. And I've done, you know, I've played Ultimate for... There was the other day, actually, it's like two months ago. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast. I did a 16-mile run, went did an hour of yoga, and then played Ultimate Frisbee for an hour and a half. And I was fine. You know, I was a little bit sore the next day, but... I didn't fall over. I didn't overly cramp. I think I had a little, started to get a cramp in my calf, but I had to eat a little bit in between those. But, like, in the course of, I think it was, like, a five hours. I started to, to run at, like, 6 in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. And then yoga was at 9. Then I played ultimate at, like, 11. So 11.30. So, of course, of like, five or six hours, I did all that. But some people's body can't do that. But, you know. Shout out to Marcel. We did that four by four by 48 and I'm not gonna lie. That changed my whole perspective about what is possible to be done. So let's get into the main topic. Now, when it comes to being able to handle that, you know, there is this level that you, that your body does have to have the durability to handle that. You have to build up to that durability for me. I've been athletic and doing athletic things, gosh, now, for the last, what, 17, 16 years. I didn't. I was a late bloomer to sports. I didn't start till like, seventh grade when it was free because my mother was not paying for sports as a kid. But I started, I mean, I did, like, I raced people in the street and stuff, but I didn't do a formal sport until I did cross country in seventh grade. And then I've been generally athletically active since. Um... There's a, you have to have a lot of tolerance. Your, your tendons and your muscles have to be able to handle that. You have to mentally want to be able to do something like that. You have to have a food and energy and gusto to kind of handle that. And your training age has to be a bit higher. But then again, I say all that, and we have kids who are teenagers who they go to lacrosse. They come to train. You know, they'll do a track workout, they'll go to do lacrosse, they'll go lift weights. So you have kids who will go play basketball, go to track, lift weights. They will go to gymna- Oh, this one girl, she'll go to weightlifting in school on her busy days. Weightlifting in school, track practice, gymnastics, and then come train. Now, you know, that's that's drastic and I don't think everybody should do that, but it's a thing. And for you to not get hurt, there is a level of durability that has to happen. And overall, when it comes to being able to train so much, you have to be strong. And while I'm going to talk about four main things that you need to do to be able to handle that well, there is a fifth that when I wrote this email up, I think I uh, slept on making this point. You absolutely have to be doing some strength training to be able to handle a lot of volume. I want you to think about strength training like it's building up your savings account, or it's making you have a bigger engine, or it's like it gives you reserve, right? To handle a lot of volume, you have to be able to handle a lot of volume. And so what weightlifting does, I like to use my dump trunk analogy for those of you who've been listening a long time. If you remember from early on, we talked about building your capacity. If we think about a dump truck, you can have small dump trunks, you have bigger dump trucks. If you think about just having a vehicle, you can have a Prius storage capability, or you can have the storage capability of a Ford F-350, right? Um, Weightlifting gives your body the capacity to handle more loads. So weightlifting helps turn your body from a Prius storage to the storage capacity of an F-350. People think about weightlifting like it's, oh, we're just trying to get strong as hell and get bulky and, oh, it's so strenuous. Yes, it's strenuous, but it's an activity. It's like saving money. It's strenuous and it's difficult to save money, but then you have money to the side for when things happen. And it's not a perfect analogy, but as your muscles get stronger and as your tendons get stronger from the load that you put onto them through strength training, then the load that they handle through a lot of miles, a lot of speed, a lot of cutting, a lot of jumping, a lot of intensity. Well, your body's able to better handle that. So, that is the big backdrop. But let's talk about the day to day things that you can do to handle practicing several days a week because right now it's summertime. And, you know, this is the best time to train if you're not playing a summer sport. If you're playing a fall sport, if you're playing a winter sport, if you play a spring sport, this is the best time to train because you have all this time to really build your body up. So let's hop into these four things. First of all, you need to eat a lot of food and a lot of quality food. If you're going to be training, if you have a workout at 7 a.m., you have another workout at 9 a.m., then you have another workout at 6 p.m., you have to eat a lot of food to be able to just motor your body through that. You should eat a lot of quality food. So a lot of this food should be plant-based starches. You need a lot of carbs. You need a lot of carbs. You need a lot of carbs. To some extent, it doesn't overly matter if you eat not so great food to make up some of the calories. But that said, a significant portion of that food needs to be quality plants so that your body can recover and function optimally. If you fuel all day off chicken fingers and french fries off of that, your body's not going to operate optimally. But also, if all you eat all day is avocado and corn, you might struggle a little bit. You do need some heavy starches. Um, It's okay, not necessarily optimal, but it's okay if you have something that's You know, on the junkier side, whether it's a lot of pasta, that's not really junky, but if you have like fast food to get you through the middle part of that day, if you don't have time to cook, that's okay because you're just spending so much energy, but making sure you get a lot of fruits and vegetables and plant-based starches to get you through. If you are training three times a day, you probably need north of, most people are going to need north of 3,000 to 4,000 calories. Um, now, you obviously should see a dietitian. You should go get specific looked at for exactly what your calorie load should be. But in essence, it's going to be a lot, right? So you need to eat a lot of quality food. If you don't eat enough food, what is going to happen is you are going to hit the wall. For those of you who run or even if you've just done running workouts, you know about running the 400. And when you hit the 300 meter meter 250 or meter 300, and you've been pushing it, and you get popped right in the mouth by the wall, oh, then you realize, oh, I kind of bunked out. That's what's going to happen if you don't eat enough food. You're going to get mentally foggy. You will also start to feel more sluggish. Your body's not going to be as explosive. You're going to get tired a lot faster because if you don't have enough blood sugar, or glycogen in your muscles and liver in the first place, then your body's going to start increasing the production of fatigue byproducts a lot faster. And you're gonna to have to rely more on your aerobic system, which if you're playing a power sport or speed sport, you're not gonna be able to generate power enough so you're gonna slow down. So you need to eat enough. If you're wondering, oh, that's why I get slow if I don't eat enough. Yes, you're trying to rely on your aerobic system to be a little bit more efficient with your calories, but it just can't provide you energy fast enough at high enough rates to be explosive. It'll help get you through, though. Um, if you don't have enough blood sugar left or your body's starting to break down fat to do it, which takes a long, longer time, or you may even start using protein, which is probably less likely for most people um, to, to break it down, and that just takes longer. So eat a lot of quality food, my friends. Number two. Mix up the training focus and intensity. When you are doing really long bouts, uh, you know, really long days, you can't go a high intensity day every day. You can't do hard speed endurance workouts, then go max effort lifts in the gym, and then go and do like a full scrimmage. That's not a good idea because your body. There's a the relationship between volume and intensity. Is somewhat inversely proportional the higher the volume you're doing the lower the intensity should be now you can handle bouts of high intensity high volume training but the balance of that comes if you have a day like that you better be off for the next day and the day after that better not be high intensity or high volume either it better be low of one and moderate the other or something along those lines right so it still even balances itself out over the course of days You need to be able to have this balance from day to day. If you have a high speed, you know, workout, your strength training in the gym, it can be high intensity, but the volume can't be very high or it shouldn't be very high. And if you have another skills practice, it should be something that doesn't require you going all out. Um, ideally you're having, you know, maybe you do a speed day, you do uh, a moderate lift in the gym, or do some eccentrics, and then you have, you know, skills practice or, you know, some sort of um, strategy piece, right? Versus on a day, let's say you have like a scrimmage or a game, you can totally train on the day you have a scrimmage or a game. If it's not a championship game and it's just another developmental meet or a, a developmental match, train on that day if you're somebody who's really serious and you're not like deep in the season and it's the off season you better train on that day people are like oh i have a match train but if you're going to go and do like a two hour match then if you're going to train earlier that day it should be some lower intensity maybe more aerobic or conditioning style training or maybe it's a lower intensity lift Uh, working on work capacity, tissue tolerance, maybe do some light eccentrics, maybe you just do some high rep work. That's still going to give you progress and move the needle forward, but it's not going to drain you for that big competition later. And then you need to look at your week overall, right? If you have two big matches, uh, two big scrimmages, or you have two really big practices, then you're going to need to balance out, okay, if I have a high-intensity speed day on Monday, but I have a match on Tuesday, Well, all right, what am I going to do to make sure that I can recover from that? Because if I do that Monday and do that Tuesday, maybe Wednesday should be a lighter lift day. Maybe Wednesday should be off, right? Or, you know, if you have um, three, you know, you have two big intensity speed workouts you're supposed to max that week and you have a match, you have to figure out, all right, when's too much, right? If you're going to do all that, actually doing some lower intensity work can help with you recovering, from that, but being able to make sure that you don't, you have enough rest days in there so that you don't hurt yourself. All right. So mix up the training focus and intensity. Every day doesn't need to be balls to the wall in regards to the intensity of intensity. Just to clarify is the percentage of your maximum effort. I mean, your maximum best possible mark, right? So when we talk about speed and intensity, it's more about the percentage of how how fast you're running versus how fast you can go. High intensity is deemed as ninety percent and above, which is you know if you're out here running repeat two hundreds and your best possible two hundreds like twenty four seconds. Anything faster than twenty seven is about 90 percent. So you don't get in the seventy percent range. So you start talking like thirty little like thirty seconds. So just for a little context if you're if it's like a practice it's how serious is it is it you know are they long points are you playing at full are you playing at full speed basically and are you playing at full speed with something on the line um so that's the one way to think about anything about in the weight room high intensity is are you generally lifting under eight reps you know now there's more nuance there in the weightlifting community and strength conditioning like well real strength work is like three reps for a lot of people listening to this show, if you start lifting under eight reps for uh, a squat, deadlift, bench press, you're getting into a high-intensity range. If you're, if it's a weight that's heavy for eight reps, I should say. If it's a weight that's heavy for five reps, you're in a higher-intensity range, especially once you get to five. Very high. If you're, like, a serious weightlifter, maybe not. But if you're not somebody who, like, weightlifts, like, for real, for real, under eight reps is, you know, that's the equivalent of running... know 200s at like 27 28 seconds so just keep that in mind now number three you've got to sleep people You, you gotta sleep remember i like to consider exercise like raking the dirt every time you train hard you're raking the dirt you're raking your muscles and you're breaking them apart you are stressing your soft tissue, your, ligam, um, your ligaments, your tendons, you're, you're stressing your fascia tissue, you're stretching your muscles, you've got to be able to go to bed at night so your body can help recover from that. If you're not getting enough sleep, you are not going to heal from the micro traumas of training fast enough. And you might get hurt, people. So you don't want to get hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. So make sure you're getting enough sleep. Now, sleep does depend on the person. I know everybody says, you got to get your seven to nine hours or six to eight hours. There are some of there are some people who, like, if you don't get seven hours, you're going to feel like you got hit by a train. And there's other people who get five and five and a half hours. And they're like, yo, I feel great. I don't need to do no more than that. I don't even like to sleep that much longer. Um, I'm going to say you should probably get at least six hours of sleep. But I am one of those people that if I get five hours of sleep. I'm generally okay, I'm a little groggy. But if I sleep more than seven hours, I don't feel good. So I got you. But nonetheless, you know if you're getting enough sleep or not. If you don't feel refreshed every morning, you need to get more sleep. So as an athlete, if you're training, you have to sleep to let your body recover. You really should be in that seven to nine hour range. Maybe some of you adults are more like, oh, five and a half is fine. That's because you're probably used to being up handling your household till 10, 11 at night, giving yourself two hours to breathe and unwind and you have to wake up at five. I get you. Now, number four. I kind of alluded to this already. You have to have days for rest and active recovery. And those two things are not the same. Rest is you're taking off. You may be doing some stretching, but you are taking off. You're not stressing your body with anything and you are just letting it heal and letting it Get a, huh. your body needs that. And if you're training two or three times a day, three days a week, and you're still training the other two or three days a week, your body needs a huh, day, okay? And active recovery is a little different because the word active. Active recovery is doing some low-level, low, level, low in, I'm sorry, low-intensity activity to be able to help your body recover a little faster. So when you're stressed from exercise, you have, well, you have like, your muscles have a cold. I love using this analogy. Your muscles have like a cold. It's called, you have inflammation. Soreness is inflammation. So I like to think of it like your muscles are sick. It's not the same, but like you have macrophages in there. You have T cells that go and clean stuff up, right? You get a little swelling. So when you do some low Intensity activity, active recovery, whether it's swimming, whether it's like a pool workout, maybe it's a very slow run or a walk. Maybe you do some yoga, which is a little different than just stretching and rolling out. Like get some yoga in, which requires you to work a little bit. Maybe you do a body weight boot camp workout. You know, you do some skill work that's super low intensity. What that does is that gives you some blood flow into those muscles and that allows your actually healing process to move a little quicker because you get to clear out the inflammation basically by doing some exercise. And it helps the inflammation process move along a lot faster because you're getting more blood flow, which means you're getting more of those macrophages and those cleaning cells that clean up the torn up muscle. You're getting more protein flowing in there so that now your muscles are able to utilize that protein to help rebuild. Fun fact, I saw a headline of a study. I did not fully dive all the way into it, but that most of the muscle damage is not actually to the myosin and actin, which are the contractile proteins, but to the structural proteins, which like, I kind of knew that from reading about exactly what the traumas were, but to the extent that, oh, the actin myosin is not usually what's damaged. It's the actual sarcomere boundaries that get broken from the trauma of training hard. Anyways, so you need to be able to have blood flow to help clean that stuff up so that you are healed and ready to go. And one thing that I found is a little more anecdotal, although much of training is anecdotal, if I'm sore from weightlifting, running helps me be less sore. And if I'm sore from running, weightlifting helps me be less sore from running. Um, So make sure that you are doing something active to help your body recover. It makes the soreness process last so much less. T- take take up so much less time. Hey, when I mix up my words the wrong way. So those are, are my four things. You got to eat a lot of quality food. You've got to mix up your training focus and intensity. You've got to get enough sleep to recover for the next day. And then you need to have days where you can take off completely, or and days when you have active recovery where you're helping your body flush through. And, yes, your active recovery can maybe be the second workout of the day uh, to help your body ease through what you just did earlier. So, that's the show for today. Make sure also you understand that the ability to even handle all that is based in, you know, being able to, A, yeah, strength training, but also... You have to have enough training experience playing a sport, working out to build your body up to the point where you could even entertain that. Because I may have, I hope I didn't sound misleading at the beginning when I was stressing the strength training piece. It certainly absolutely helps. But if you're someone who's new to working out in sports, whether you're a 35 year old who's like, I wanna do a triathlon and I have to run, swim, and bike, and you're trying to do all that and you are like wiped clean. But you weren't like an athlete before or you definitely haven't been working out the last several years. Let's say you're 30 and you haven't been working out since you were 24 and boom, you want to do triathlons. You can weight train all you want. You still gonna have a hard time being able to bike and run on the same day or bike and swim on the same day. You have to still build up tolerance to the actual activities themselves. I can run and play ultimate Frisbee on uh you know i can run 16 miles and play ultimate frisbee for another hour and a half on the same day because my tolerance for running is very very high i can run for 2 hours and you know if i nu- handle my nutrition well and i stretch like my body feels okay it doesn't feel great after 2 hours of running but like i'm fine and i'm used to playing ultimate frisbee for 3 to 4 hours at a time so like, my body's done those things, so the exposure level of what it's capable of is, is just high. If you're somebody who's just starting out, your exposure level is not very high. So you still have to get used to running for an hour. You have to get used to biking for two to three hours. You have to get used to swimming for, I don't know, For I don't even know what the barrier for that is. I know for me, swimming 400 meters would be like a lifetime achievement award. I think it would be worthy. I can swim down and back in the pool. That's it. And I'd be exhausted. <laughs> So at any rate You catch my drift You're picking up what I'm putting down You got to build up the tolerance But I want to get this podcast rest let you get on the rest of your day So I hope you enjoyed this Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this Make sure that on July the 10th If you're reading this If you're listening to this before it starts We are having our Power Your Mind camp To help athletes with getting their mind right Athletes are often deemed as lazy. They have performance anxiety. They don't want to train. They get nervous. You know, they um, put themselves down. Right. We have a power your mind camp where our coach Kyla, who you should listen to our episode that we just had, like, I guess two weeks ago, was going to help you with being able to get your mind in the right state to train hard, play hard and feel good about it. So make sure you check that out. I don't know you can um, email us Donald GH performance or Kyla at gh performancecom I should say find us on Instagram and let let's get you some information about that if you listen to this podcast before the July 10th so that you can really get your mind in the place that it needs to be because you can be as talented as you want to be but if your mind's not in the right place you can't utilize your talent very well so I look forward to um, you know this uh coming weekend and hearing about you so if you have anything you want to say please shoot me a message on the podcast about the podcast and yeah that's all i got for you people enjoy this beat because it slaps and it's so good holla